This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serialholic Sisters. True crime shit. What up, what up? Hola. I always say hola. Why do I always well, make it? I don't weird? know. You're <laughs> not the half Mexican one of the duo. No, that would be me. Like, I am. I am so white. <laughs> I mean, I also am, but I am technically I'm, half Mexican. <laughs> I am straight transparent. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. I can see right through you. Super clear. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> it's been a minute. It has been a minute. So this week has been a crazy week. Um, I've actually had a lot of people ask me that follow us that I know personally yeah. know why we weren't recording this week. Um, we one of my best friends actually lost their dads. It's been a it's been a very um, emotional week for yeah everyone. So with helping out and trying to be there for them and um, his visitation and funeral and everything. Um, so yeah. That is why we were out. So for everybody that was wondering and hoping everything was okay for me and Crystal, it was uh, okay for us. It just, unfortunately, one of, one of our best friends just, yeah, it was a very, very hard week for, for them. So there is some changes though, that Crystal's going to talk about. So oh, some changes that's already happened and we just didn't tell you about it. So right. <laughs> we, I made, I made the executive decision to <laughs> Instead of releasing episodes on Sundays, we are, or actually it was like late Sunday, midnight, Monday morning type Right. Deal. I decided it's going to work out for everybody better if we release episodes on Thursdays. So before what we were doing is we were recording either Saturday or Sunday, and then I'm like spending the entire weekend trying to edit to get it out for that Sunday night, Monday morning type thing. Right. And and you know what? I decided that's just too stressful and I use my entire weekend and it doesn't make any sense. So we'll record on the weekends. That'll give me a few days to release on Thursdays. Plus that helps out with you, with your schoolwork and stuff. That's exactly what I was about to say. It, it, it actually, not only is it less stressful for Crystal, but um, with school and my schedule and everything, it worked out just perfectly for all of us. So yeah, our last episode we released on Thursday without telling you yeah. and <laughs> That is why so that happened. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so that's how it is from now on. So Thursdays, you should have your newest episodes. So that is why that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's your turn now. It is my turn. So I'm still kind of digging into a case that was recommended to us to try to get some more information. But I did realize that we haven't really done a lot of the popular serial killers. So when you did yours last week, well, two weeks ago, technically. Right. Um, <laughs> I decided um, that sounded like a good idea. I'm also going to do a pretty famous serial killer that we haven't done, which I was really shocked that we hadn't done him. But unfortunately, I am going to say that it's going to be a somewhat longer episode because I did not want to do a two-parter. <laughs> I don't think that's an unfortunately. It's just a longer episode for y'all. It is going to be a longer episode. 
Um, I will say, which I, I think am, is nice since we didn't do one last week. So it there you is, go. <laughs> it is, but I am also, um, hitting like the high points of the serial killer because there's so much about him. So, um, don't be alarmed if, if like I leave anything out, I'm not leaving any of the important stuff out by all means. Okay. So I decided because I called him year, well, we've been doing this for what, two years almost? Almost. Yeah. Almost so, in July, it'll be two years. Yeah. So I, uh, I decided a long time ago that I was calling this the serial killer and I never did them. So we're going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeffrey, he's, he's, he's fucked up y'all. Well, I was going to say, I'm actually started it out as like, he was a super weird kid. <laughs> yeah. Like he was extremely weird. But we'll start with where he was born. Um, he was born in West Allis, Wisconsin on May 21st in 1960. His mother, Joyce, which every time I think of Joyce. Hello, Joyce. <laughs> Hello, Joyce. <laughs> what are you doing at Joyce's house? <laughs> <laughs> well, his mother was a bit on the crazy side, just like the other Joyce. Um, you, know, you never really meet Joyce in that movie. No, you don't. You don't. But I think of I think of the the mother being the other mother being crazy. Oh, I think of that mother just being really really medicated. <laughs> she is. She is. Well, um, his mother was a bit on the crazy side, and his dad Lionel, who his middle name is after, by the way, because his name is Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. Yes. He was a chemist, and he was a workaholic. Like he was never home. Okay. And when he was home, all he was doing was working. And they also had another child after Jeffrey and his name was David. They weren't really close. He was like, um, David. He was like, oh, David. <laughs> what? Ew. <laughs> Ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. But um, anyways, so Jeffrey, because, you know, his mother's mental state and his father being a workaholic didn't really get a lot of attention. And so he kind of lived his life as an outcast. So he played games with like imaginary friends um, because he couldn't make real ones because he was super strange. Oh, I know. In fact, he ended up like making friends and I say friends in like quotes. It was mm -hmm. more of like a, I wouldn't say it's a cult, but he had oh. people like somewhat follow him because he would make funny impressions of his crazy mother who actually ended up having like cerebral palsy or however you say it how do you say it cerebral, it cerebral palsy? palsy yeah cerebral palsy so he like that's how he made his like friends um by just making fun of his making fun of his mother, mother and and acting like a kid that like had down syndrome so oh my god that's very, terrible very terrible oh my god but that is yeah that's how he ended up connecting with people I guess but that wasn't the strangest thing that he did. Um, he actually also biked around the neighborhood looking for dead animals. Cool, you know? cool. Well, in this case, he would actually look for already dead ones. He would carry around black plastic bags oh. and um, look for roadkill. And when he did it, it was because he liked to dissect them. So he would go home, take this roadkill um, to a little shed outside their house mm -hmm. and dissect them because he wanted to know what their insides looked like is what he said yeah in fact even one time he found a dead dog on the side of the road Aww. cut his cut his head off and oh my god 
quite that is not okay so the other stuff i'm like okay he's curious about like learning about anatomy and stuff like that that is not that that is no fucked up yeah so this was just one of the many things that jeffrey will do in his early life that are really disturbing (laughs) that are fucked up (laughs) that are fucked up So then um, another thing that really he had really struggled with as a young teen was he introduced himself to alcohol. He did. I remember he did that at an early age. (laughs) He started drinking at an extremely early age and even became an alcoholic by the time he had graduated high school. It really affected his grades in school. He didn't even think he was going to graduate because he was drinking all the time and drunk. He's like, I wasn't doing my work. I was just drunk at school. (laughs) Yeah, he was drunk. And in 1977, which would make him 17 years old, Mm -hmm. um, his parents did end up divorcing and Jeffrey decided he was going to start going to college. He started Ohio State University, but he was only there for about a quarter. And then he dropped out because he wasn't going to any of his classes because he was drunk. (laughs) Okay, makes sense. So, since he dropped out, it, you know, infuriated his father. His father is really strict. So he made him enlist in the army. Jeffrey actually made it two years in the army before he ended up ge- being discharged for alcoholism. I was going to say for being fucked up. For being fucked it because <laughs> he was drunk all the time. In fact, when they discharged him, they actually gave him a plane ticket to anywhere in the country. And he chose to go to Miami Beach, Florida, because he couldn't go home to face his father. And he was sick of being in the cold, which Wisconsin was cold. So he <laughs> should have chose to go directly to a rehab. Okay. Well, he spent a lot of time in the Miami hospital, but ended up being kicked out again for drinking like working at the hospital no like was constantly in the hospital from being an alcoholic oh and then they just kicked him out of the hospital they decide yes they decided they couldn't do it anymore and kicked him out for his drinking because he kept drinking in the hospital even when he was there again they should have sent him directly to rehab um, agreed agreed but this is the 1970s you know right So he did spend a lot of time in the hospital and because they ended up kicking him out, he did have to go home. There was nowhere else for him to go, which of course it didn't get any better. And he ended up being arrested in 1981 after being home for a short time for being drunk and got drunk in disorderly contact. A year after being back at home, he actually moved in with his grandmother where he spent six years there. Okay. Well, this was, he didn't really live a normal life there either. Like, as in his grandmother wasn't like awful to him, but she was really worried about him because he was being really weird. So she would find things in her home. Um, Once she found like a fully dressed male mannequin in his closet. Hell to the no. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So Dahmer had stolen it from a store and hid it in his closet. He just stole a whole ass mannequin from a store. <laughs> he did. I'm just picturing him walking out um, with like a whole ass mannequin. Just walking down the street. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Then um, she also would find like other things. Like she found a gun under his bed. 
And she, one of the things that really bothered her the most was the strange spells that were in the basement, which she wouldn't go down in. The strange what that were in the basement? Smells. Smells. I thought you said spells, like a witch casting a spell. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Okay, that makes more sense. That's that's just my uh, nasal congestion here today. I was so confused. She's like, there's strange spells in the basement. I'm not going down there. (laughs) Okay, yes, strange smells. The smells, not the spells. <laughs> Got it. The smells, that makes more sense. And also vomitous. <laughs> the smells were supposedly what he had told his grandmother anyways. Supposedly. Supposedly. I don't care. I say supposedly, not supposedly. Who says that? I don't care. <laughs> Everybody in the world, because that's the word. It's spelled with a D, not a B. <laughs> I know it's spelled correctly on my screen too, but I don't give a bug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. What do you tell us? What do you tell grandma? He told his grandma that there were dead animals that were in the basement that he was like experimenting on um, and dissolving in chemicals because he was trying to be like his dad, a chemist. Okay, grandma, if I was grandma, I'd have been like, okay, get that shit out of here. And fucking right. First of all, I would have never been okay with that. Chemists don't like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a chemist, but I don't think they do things with dead carcasses usually no no dead carcasses lady redundant woman okay (laughs) well by by 1988 his grandmother finally was like you need to go bruh like I need you to move out she was sick of his late nights coming in home um and the disgusting smells she was like like, you're nasty get out you're nasty he's like I need you to clean this shit up and you need to go like I can't anymore he did. He left. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he found an apartment on like the Milwaukee's west side and had literally only been in his apartment for one day and ended up being arrested again on September 26, 1988, because he drugged and sexually fonded, fondled a 13-year-old boy. Not okay. Not okay. But here's the crazy thing. He was only sentenced to five years probation. That's infuriating. And one year in a like work release camp. No, it's not okay. No, but they did make him register as a sex offender. So he had to register as a sex offender and actually was ended up being released two months early from his work release camp and was able to move into a new apartment. No, because of good behavior. Is that why? Mm -hmm. Good behavior. Mm -mm. So this was like the early years that I just went over. And now we're going to start with like where the crazy stuff happens, like the murders and everything, but there's going to be a mixture of like some of the lies that he ends up telling his dad and his grandmother. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go kind of back and forth on um, his later life, which intertwines with his early life. Okay. And we'll start with his first murder. So a lot of people actually think his first mu- murder starts after all of this like him leaving his grandmother's house um him getting his first apartment all that stuff I don't think that because because of the spells the spells (laughs) (laughs) I'm never gonna stop with that (laughs) um it actually ended up being the summer of 1978 so the year after his parents divorce was his first murder um he was 18 years old and his dad was on business and his mother wasn't living there anymore, you know, because mm-hmm. they had divorced the year prior. 
and uh, his brother David actually was living with his mother, so he wasn't there. So Dummer ended up having like the whole house to himself because his dad was gone. Okay, not a um, good idea. Which, by the way, he wasn't even living with his father at that time. So he just like snuck in, was like, "You're out of town. I'm gonna stay here." Well, it was right before he had enlisted, you know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so, like it, in between college and the army. Yes. So um, Dahmer, with his dad being gone, um, and we all know that Dahmer was like an outcast and everything, and he didn't have friends. So while his dad was away, he ended up picking up a hitchhiker. No, don't get in Um, there. I know. This goes back to the very first part of our- Don't hitchhike. Our our podcast. One of the number one rules, don't hitchhike. Don't hitchhike, (laughs) which I know everybody did it then, but still- yeah, so while his dad was out, you know, he picked up a hitchhiker. His name was Stephen Hicks. So he brought him back to his dad's house. Um, he offered to drink with him. You know, he was a major alcoholic by this time. And right. they were really hitting it off. And this is when Jeffrey started, like, kind of exploring his sexual sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so he never really came out as a gay man yet, um, but he was curious. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew that he wanted to have sex with this guy, but Stephen wasn't in it. Like he didn't want to do it. And he actually was like, okay, well, I think it's time for me to leave. Well, Dahmer really didn't want him to leave. It's not okay. So, um, no, no I, means no. No means no, Dahmer. No, no means no. But out of like quick thinking, he picked up a 10 pound dumbbell and hit him in the back of the head. Dahmer and, picked up the dumbbell and hit Stephen in the back of the head. Yes. And, um, then ended up finishing strangling him. So, um, he killed his first victim and he didn't know where to put the body. So he put, he ended up putting the body in a crawl space under the house and left it there for a few days. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, the smell, (laughs) (laughs) the smell started to get strong. So he waited until his dad was gone again and this is where everything starts getting super gruesome but he um ends up cutting up the remains into pieces and putting them into small bags and he hid them in the bushes behind the house burying them he buried them behind the bushes yes okay i was like you can't just hide bags of bodies in bushes like well I, no, he buried, he buried them, but then he started to worry because um, neighborhood kids that lived around there, he was like, what if they dig them up playing? Oh. I don't want them to find them. I wouldn't think about, I would think of like neighborhood dogs digging them up for right? kids. No. <laughs> okay. No, he's, not, he's not a neighborhood kid. So he actually dug them up himself and smashed the bones Oh my god! The, and took them and scattered them around the woods. Okay. And it was really stressful. Like he thought about what he had done and, and he was like, I don't think I'll get away with that again. So he actually didn't kill again for several years. So now we're going to skip back into 1987. So his grandmother ends up kicking him out of the house in 88. Right. Right. So he's still living at his grandmother's house at this point, but the smells in his basement were not all animals. I assumed not. Right. So on September 15th in 1987, 
Dahmer spent the day drinking at a gay bar named Club 219. Okay. So he met up with this gay man um, named Stephen. Poor damn Stephen. Uh, Stevens, y'all need to stay <laughs> away from Jeffrey. That's not good for y'all. <laughs> right? That's what I thought too. I was like, that's two Stevens, his first two victims. Back to back Stevens. Stevens. So um, his name is Stephen Toomey, I think is how you say it. Okay. They chatted like for several hours in the bar mm-hmm. and they eventually left together and they went to a hotel and rented a room. Okay. Well, this is where it got really weird. So like Jeffrey said that he couldn't remember what happened once they got into the hotel. Like they had drank so much and he was just, you know, so drunk and their urges just ended up being crazy. And he wasn't even sure that he even had any like sexual relations with this guy or anything. But when he woke up, um, he had been dead. So I don't believe you one because you're a seasoned drinker and a seasoned a drinker. seasoned drinker like how much would a seasoned drinker have to drink to not remember anything at all like you've built yeah. up a massive tolerance at this point fucking right I do not believe you I don't so, know why I said one because I didn't have a two continue <laughs> <laughs> one is you're a seasoned drinker and two I don't have any more <laughs> so he woke up and Stephen was dead. He had beat him really badly and strangled him to death. And before he went, like before he checked out of the hotel, he went and bought like a really big suitcase, which is where he ended up stuffing the body inside. He called a taxi to pick him up and take him to his grandma's house. So he like rode in a taxi with a body in a suitcase. With a body in the suitcase. And he took a taxi cab back to his grandma's and brought him down to the basement. Mm -hmm. And once he was down in the basement, which is where he was staying, he cut up the body, placed the pieces in the garbage bags and put it out by the curb with the rest of the day. Stop it. Shut the fuck up. I'm not kidding you. What? Yes. Oh my God. That's awful but also that's kind of smart because it's not like they're gonna go through the bag they're no. just picking up trash nope he made Holy sure it was crap. all cleaned up it didn't like look bloody or anything like he literally just wow. stuffed it all and put it outside with the rest of the day's trash so when the garbage cup garbage cup mm-hmm. the garbage truck <laughs> i can't talk today that's okay i can't talk ever so <laughs> when the garbage truck came around you know um even then back then the garbage trucks were like the garbage trucks now so they would just like crush up their oh my gosh that's up. awful and if I was a garbage person now I'd be so afraid of just like picking up bags yeah like, like what's in here yeah I don't want to know I know mm. poor Steven so unfortunately he doesn't always go for like the older guys yeah fact, I remember that and that's awful in fact Jeffrey actually was more interested in the younger guys not okay so nothing um, about you is okay jeffrey let's just be clear no so in 1988 um dahmer actually approached a young male sex worker his name was james dox doxter doxtater okay i always butcher last names i'm sorry you're really bad at it (laughs) i really am doxtater i'm gonna i'm gonna look up how to say that hang on okay Doc Stater. Doc Stater. Okay. Doc Stater. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, he was 14 years old. Yeah, I know. That's a sad life. How does a 14 year old become a sex worker? I really don't know. Mm, okay. I really don't. So he offered James to make a video with him. A, a video. No, yeah, that's so gross. That just makes that makes me cringe. That's yeah, that's ucky. I don't like that. Well, he agreed. Mm. So um, Jeffrey actually took him home to his basement room because he was still living with his grandma. Oh my god! And he gave him like a sleeping drug concoction, and waited until he passed out, and strangled him. Why though? Actually, strangled him. I I really. Okay. I don't know why he just, he just did. He started getting fascinated with actually killing at this right. point. Um, so he strangled him. He stripped the body of literally, this is, it's so gross. I'm sorry guys, but he stripped the body of all the flesh mm. by using acid. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. And, so I remember, and I remember he, that he liked using acid for other things too. He did. He did. This is where he starts really kind of like experimenting with it all and seeing what he can do. So he stripped the body of his flesh with acid and then he smashed the bones up with a sledgehammer. Oh my God. And when he decided he was like satisfied with it and who it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he scattered all the bone fragments like out in the woods and stuff. So it's, ugh, it, it's so gross because it just keeps escalating from here so and I bet he figured uh, with it being a sex worker probably especially at such a young age he probably didn't have any family looking for him no no and he would come inside like when he came home it was so late like his grandmother was asleep so she didn't even know he was bringing people home. right she right. just thought he was coming home and going to bed um or doing his experiments on roadkill and stuff out in the basement which honestly I'm sorry, but me being the nosy person I am, if I'm smelling something bad, my ass is going in that room. I would be down there. I'm like, you need to throw all this shit away. Get this fucking smell out of here. Yeah. What, and also, what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, this <laughs> don't don't the, be drink, don't be bringing dead ass animals into my house. Okay. Except this this isn't the only victim that he actually brings to his grandmother's house. Yeah. So he just a couple months later. So it had been about two months from the last um, murder that he did. Mm-hmm. He met another guy named Richard Guerrero at a bar um, called the Phoenix. So it was another cool like, name. yeah. So Richard was like super broke. Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeffrey actually offered him money to come back to his place to make a video. No, to make a video. No, we're not making a video. Like calm down. But also, and, I'm, I'm broke, so money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's basically how it was. Yeah. So Richard was like really hesitant at first. He was like, uh, that sounds kind of sketch. But Jeffrey, being like the weird and awkward guy that he was, he was like, oh, so you know, um, I'm just trying to start up on this whole like filmmaking thing. So why don't you come on over? Um, I'll give you some, like, I'll even pay you um, to do this. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, I am broke, so sure no don't do it so when they got back um they actually had like sexual relations mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and jeffrey offered him a drink which richard accepted don't take that drink we should add that was, to the list by the way yeah don't take un 
first off, don't take sketchy ass drinks that you are better pre-mixed by anybody. Right. Like if they want to offer you something in like an aluminum can that's unopened, sure. Or if <laughs> or you want bottle. to watch them mix or else mix it yourself, be like, hey, and I got also, this. why am I saying, yeah, you could still offer or you could still accept No, it. don't take drinks thing. from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I, l- let me just like withdraw that whole sentence. Don't take anything. <laughs> it's from an aluminum unopened can. It's fine. No. <laughs> I started li- like thinking about what I said. I was like, wait a minute. No, don't take anything. What the fuck is wrong with you? No. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> he took the drink. Um, yeah. Of course, it was another, you know, sleeping drug drink. Of course, right. And after he passed out, he was strangled and dismembered and disposed of hmm. and this was about the time that like his grandma started like smelling a bunch of smells mm-hmm. and started questioning him and he was like oh no grandma I'm just experimenting on animals um that's the stupidest thing by the way just be like I'm sorry I'm just a nasty teenager like right <laughs> And he knew that he couldn't just like move back in with his dad because his dad wasn't going to take him in. I mean, he had quit college. He had quit the military. Well, not quit. He got like discharged from yeah. the military, but he yeah. was like, um, you're not, you're not allowed to come back here. So it is what it is. Right. Right. So this, once he, you know, was kicked out of his grandmother's house, um, he got his own apartment, his very first apartment. So we talked about how, when he moved into his first apartment, he had literally been arrested, not even 24 hours later right. um, because he drugged a 13 year old boy. Well, we'll talk about that. So he had conned this 13 year old boy to come up into his apartment. And once he was there, he ends up drugging him with the sleeping type concoction or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he molested him, mm-hmm. but, and before he could like strangle and, and kill this boy, he actually escaped. So he went straight to the police right? and Dahmer was charged with the sexual, sexual assaults and, um, and then they did fucking nothing about it. Cool. And they didn't really do anything. So he was like, he, he spent one week in jail, but he was released on bail and they ended up giving him, you know, probation. And That's so fucking terrible for that kid too. Like it really they did nothing. And so basically like he just had to sit there and worry about dude got out early like he could come back for him at any time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so unfortunately remember when he was he only had probation and he only had um work release well he had right. gone back to his grandmother's for a short time because there was nowhere else for him to go and he met another guy when he was gone at another gay bar mm-hmm. so he took him back to his grandmother's house but this is where like the reason he ends up taking him back there because he wasn't technically like staying there I guess I should say he was staying there I was gonna say did he he still have his apartment he he didn't have that apartment he lost that apartment so he wasn't like really staying at his grandmother's he was more sneaking into his grandmother's okay put it that way okay um so he was sneaking in there because he thought that police were like watching him and watching the first apartment that he had gotten kicked out of and so he ends up taking this guy here where he ends up having sex with him Mm -hmm. 
offering him a drink. No. And, and again, murdering him. Right. But this time, instead of getting rid of all of the pieces, he decided to keep the skull as a trophy. Not okay. Yeah. So he's still going through, like, sentencing from the 13-year-old boy. Right. Yes, he was released to five years probation in one year, like the work camp or whatever. Right. Work release camp. Sorry. Well, before he was actually sentenced, this is what happened. Like he. Like while he's waiting on the sentencing. While he was waiting on the sentencing was when he killed this guy. Well, oh, now. Cool. <laughs> he, yeah, I know. So now he's back for his sentencing um, where the, he was forced to tell them that he was an alcoholic and he was a homosexual with sexual problems. So that's what got him his five years probation and the one year work release. Okay. So the work release actually made him go into like a halfway house to stay. Okay. So now he has a place to stay. So he spent his time in this halfway house and saved up the money from this work release program. And then right after he gets out of the halfway house, because he was released two months early, Mm -hmm. um, he found a new apartment. So he was able to go get a new apartment. So now he's just like two weeks into moving into this now like infamous apartment building, because this is the apartment building where he ends up getting caught. Right. So he's in this apartment and he meets Ray Smith at club 219. Okay. Now, Ray is probably the one of the ones that everybody recalls the name of. So he he was like a newcomer into Milwaukee. He had just came into this place, this new state, um, and just happened to the state of Milwaukee. The state of Milwaukee. Why did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. The town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the town of Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Of he was new to town. He was new to town. He was new to town. Can you take that out? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. So he was new to town. So Ray was new to town. And he just unfortunately ran into the wrong guy at the wrong time. So Jeffrey asked Ray to come back to his place to pose for some photos. So a lot of people know Jeffrey Dahmer was like, that's basically how he lured his victims it wasn't just videos he was a photographer Mm -hmm. so I don't know why I'm quoting because (laughs) nobody could see but I'm air quoting (laughs) I can see it I literally just slowed down how I said photographer for no reason (laughs) photographer (laughs) so anyways so Ray's like, yeah, sure. That sounds like a great time. So he, he takes the invitation and goes back to Jeffrey's apartment and Jeffrey offers him a drink. No. And once he passed out, um, Dahmer ends up strangling him and he strips the body. And this is where he starts getting into like the, um, necrophilia mm-hmm. That's and not okay. starts like, yeah. And starts like having intercourse with his you know dead victims um so he did he stripped the body this was his first encounter doing that and it wasn't the last one it wasn't Mm -hmm. the last encounter doing that but he had fun with it and this is where he he starts like really experimenting with keeping like souvenirs of his victims 
So he kept the skull of his last one. And this time he dismembers the body, throws it all out in the trash, but he keeps the skull of this one. And instead of like just keeping the skull and like hiding it away, he actually painted it to preserve it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just like put it out on display? Just puts it out on display. Oh my God. Okay. So um, in June of 1990, he ends up meeting another victim. He met Eddie Smith. Okay. So Eddie accepted the many different advances of Jeffrey. Um, He was really attracted to him. So it wasn't even like a bribe to come back for photos or anything like that. It was, they just hit it off and he's like, okay, yeah, let's go back to your place. But he's not cute, Eddie. He's not cute. He's not. He's not cute. (laughs) (laughs) He's very weaselly. He is. Right? He, He is. Well, they went back to his apartment and had sexual advantage or advances um had sexual advances <laughs> yeah I don't I don't like saying what they did oh you have to <laughs> say what they did I think like sexual intercourse I, well, sexual relations relations there you was, go they did some stuff <laughs> yeah they got um, freaky they got freaky okay. well he offered him a drink go back to the drinks you know waits until his victims pass out and he strangled him too Again, dismembering him and throwing his remains out in the trash. Because he just keeps getting away with throwing his remains out in the side of the curb, which right. I never understand how nobody fucking caught this. Like, well, he threw many victims away. Right. Way. Because it was like, it didn't but look suspicious. It's, it, uh, it, it just makes me think of, so we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but every time I'm driving down the road, um, if I see right a garbage bag or I immediately assume I immediately assume it's a dead body (laughs) I'm like well that's a dead ass body and I keep driving and I keep driving yeah (laughs) I keep driving I don't even stop to check but everybody's not weird like us (laughs) don't assume that garbage bags sitting out by the garbage can where they belong is a dead ass body yeah it's so damn bad so his next victim was a little bit different. Okay. So it was only a month later. Well, not even quite a month. It was July of 1990. Um, and instead of like drugging this victim, he didn't. He didn't drug this one. So okay. he lured a 15-year-old kid hmm. to pose for photos. And while he was like getting his equipment or whatever behind him he decided to pick did up the a mallet again <laughs> I, did, I did i don't know why i keep doing that but i do so he picked up a mallet and actually tried to hit the boy in the head a mallet do people just have mallets laying around i, I guess well it's a cartoon yeah i don't understand why he has just a mallet laying around but he had a mallet okay all right well so he tries to hit this 15 year old kid well the kid fought back and good, actually good. ends up escaping and went to the police. Oh, is this the one that's going to piss me off where the police yes, don't believe him? Oh, it okay. Is. So he like begged the police not to tell his foster parents because, you know, he was gay. Right. So the police were like, we don't even believe you. Like, this isn't true. If, if you're willing to hide something that was so tragic and you know, somebody supposedly tries to kill you or whatever. We don't believe you. So even though if you did basic police work, you would see that he was a sexual offender. 
already for a young child like well the police just decided to like leave it alone and blow it all off nice nice policing yes so um jeffrey actually waits a few months before he strikes again because he was like that was a close call yeah because dude got away he's probably gonna stop not drugging them now too because right so he picks up Ernest Miller and takes him home to have sex with him Mm -hmm. and he ends up drugging him he did drug him because he was like man every time I don't drug these right they get away and they escape because I'm a little weak little bastard (laughs) right a little fucking weasel so he actually um he had drugged him and then he changed his game plan a little bit okay so he did strangle him or he didn't strangle him. Sorry. He, oh, he okay. didn't. <laughs> sorry. Take that out. Um, <laughs> okay. He actually cut his throat instead. Oh, that's like a big change. Yeah. And then this is where he starts like being that's much messier. Oh man. I'm sorry, but I started almost vomit. This is where he starts being disgusting, even more disgusting. He's already disgusting, but this is even more. So right. he slices off pieces of his bicep and put them in the freezer. And then started taking like all the flesh off of like some of his bones and like not using the acid like before, like actually like cutting it off. So he took his time on this victim and cuts all of the flesh off of his bones and decided to keep the entire skeleton. Keep it where? Just keep it. Keep it. Just, Just keep it. Okay. Well, this is around the time that like Jeffrey's neighbors were. Like, there's a putrid smell coming from this guy's apartment. Like, this man is fucking nasty. What is happening? Oh, man. It was so gross. So, this was his excuse, though, to his landlord. So, all mm-hmm. of his neighbors are like, hey, there's this rancid-ass smell coming from this guy's apartment. You really need to check it out. Right. So, so the landlord comes, knocks on his door, and he's like, oh, you know, hit with the smells. <laughs> I was like, he's like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can see me, but I'm like. (laughs) He's doing hand motions. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Do this because I feel like I'm just like having a conversation with you. But right. (laughs) He's hit with these smells. Okay. And Dahmer's like, listen, guy, my fridge just broke. I'm getting it fixed. The smells are from all the food that's rotten. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get it all out of the apartment and clean it up i'm really sorry i promise this is gonna this is getting cleaned up that's quick thinking on his part which is annoying it is quick thinking so um the landlord's like okay cool i'm gonna need you to get it fixed fast because i've got other you know got all these complaints yeah i've got other neighbors complaining that it's seeping through the walls and if you can't get this fixed then i'm you're gonna have to go who so of course he starts improvising and this is where he starts like buying barrels and and stuff and and going back to like the chemicals and stuff to try to get the smell away Mm -hmm. so um same month in September like early October he meets another guy um named David Thomas David Thomas Thomas, like the Wendy's guy David Thomas yeah I guess but it's all the same guy yeah (laughs) So like they were drinking and they were drinking in Jeffrey's apartment when Jeff decided to give him like his special drink, you know, he uh, didn't want to kill him. 
like they were really actually hitting it off so he didn't want to kill him well I feel like there was a couple that he was hitting it off with but yes he still killed so like but this is where he like started worrying because he was like he was worried that he might actually get upset with him when he woke up because Jeffrey had drugged him (laughs) he's like man I should have done that (laughs) I really don't want to kill this guy because I think he actually likes me and I really like him too but I kind of already drugged him (laughs) and I think when he wakes up he's gonna get really really mad so I feel like he could have just woke up and be like oh man I've got a really bad hangover like he might not have jumped to you drugging him like calm down Jeffrey like he was like damn it I'm gonna have to kill him (laughs) that's no you don't (laughs) <laughs> don't have to kill him well he did i figured um, he did um and this time he actually this is this is so awful but he actually films the entire dismemberment oh of God. this victim and he took photos of david's severed head in like multiple positions in his apartment Mm-mm. and this is so sad but when he does get caught because everybody knows he gets caught Right. But later on, these photos were actually viewed by Thomas's sister for identification purposes. Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it is. So um, now we get into 1991. So 1991 is where he starts kind of getting super sloppy. This is the year that he ends up getting caught. Cool. Um, so in 1991, he meets Curtis Strotter. Now, Curtis actually wanted to be a model okay. and Jeffrey, you know, Je- plays it off. Jeffrey's and, a photographer. <laughs> I know that's, that's what I was about to do. He like plays it off that he's like this, you know, popular photographer. Uh-huh. And he mentioned this to him when he met him and was like, yeah, I could take your pictures, you know, and Curtis is like, oh yeah, you, you're a photographer. And he's like, yeah. Um, I'm actually a pretty well-known photographer. If you want to like come over to my, my place, I can, you know, take some pictures and submit them into this model agency. And Curtis is like, oh yeah, sure. So he agrees. Mm-hmm. And this is awful, but um, he like bribes Curtis into sexual favors. And he was like, you know, I can make you become like this really big model, uh, but I'm going to need you to do something for me. So, so fucking gross. Yeah. So while Curtis is like pleasing him mm-hmm. um, orally, Jeffrey strangles him. So that seems risky for him. Like, um, me too. That's so I'm over here thinking of Lorraine Bobbitt. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm God, sorry, my guy. But, like, but, but I'm over here like, if anybody tries to force me into doing anything, I'm biting that motherfucker I'm saying, off. What do we say? <laughs> bite it off. So like. Bite it off. This is a, a prime example of bite it off. Well, he didn't, obviously. So he got strangled. And Jeffrey kept the skull and painted it too to preserve it. And he also decided to keep his hands and his um, penis as well. Oh, so on May 27th, 1991, Dahmer met Conorak. He was 14 years old. He met him at a local bus station. In fact, this is a, another crazy thing. So you remember the, the kid that like charged Jeff with the sexual assault? Yes. Like the original sexual the original, assault? Yeah, yeah. This actually ends up being this, this guy's younger brother. Yes, I remember that. Oh, okay. this is awful. 
Yes. So Dahmer gets this 14 year old um, up into his apartment. He drugs him, has sexual intercourse with him. I remember this one being really bad. This is bad. So he actually drills a hole Mm. in his head and injects him with acid there. Right. I remember this because he was trying to like, like you had said with the last one, he had really liked the guy, but he didn't want him to like leave or whatever. And so he was trying to do like a weird, like sex zombie type thing that would stay with him. Yes. He didn't want to kill him. So he's trying to figure out how to keep him there. Right. Then then Jeffrey got super. That is not the way to do that, bruh. No. So he actually leaves. Jeffrey leaves his apartment to go get some beer because he's out of drinks. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I've got time. Well, this kid ends up actually waking up and was able to make it out of the building into the street. That's fucking awful. So police actually found him wandering around like naked and dazed with and, a fucking hole in his head and i was about to say and bleeding right but they just thought that he was like some drunk homosexual and the because they're often him. just wandering around the streets at night naked bleeding yes so they were like so he tells them he was like yeah I, like i'm dazed and everything he's telling the cops about <laughs> this this jeffrey Dahmer guy and yeah. the police were like okay well let's go check it out so they take the kid with them like what the fuck is wrong these are the worst police ever i know so they take the kid with him or with them or whatever right and go back to jeffrey's apartment and we're like hey this this guy uh said that he was with you because the guy like the kid's like super he's he's got he's he's got got fucking acid acid. in his head yeah yeah also Um, i don't understand how he thought that big idea you know what it did to like the skin and stuff so why would putting acid in his head not kill him? I don't understand it either. Must, they must not have, he must not have done a lot or something. I don't know, but it doesn't right. take a lot. But anyways, so this acid's like eating at him, right? right. And so the, the kid's like not able to really talk much. And so the police were like, hey, this, we found this guy and he actually said your name. So we b- thought we brought him back. We'd we brought him back, back to you. Here. Yeah. Um, and they didn't see anything like out of the ordinary at Jeffrey's apartment because he hid everything really well. Yeah. In fact, the police, even after they left, because they left this kid back with Jeffrey. Fucking so they awful. brought him back to the serial killer. Right. And the police, this is what's really awful. The police even made a joke about it on the CD that they had found some homosexual wandering around naked. It's fucking vomitous. Well, needless to say, Jeffrey added another skull to his collection. Right. Which he also ends up painting to preserve it because he ends up having to kill the kid because he had left. He was like, well, that didn't work. Couldn't put him in a zombie state. Guess I better mm. kill him. Uh-uh. So um, just another month later, he ends up traveling to Chicago for a gay pride month or gay pride day, I guess I should say. Okay. Um, his wallet ends up actually getting stolen Good. at this, at this <laughs> gay pride day. And he ends up like freaking out and ends up having to come home. You know, he doesn't have his wallet, doesn't have anything. So while he was at this like bus depot, he meets another guy that wants to be a model and convinces him to come back to Milwaukee with him no so they get on a greyhound 
um, pay for the bus tickets and end up riding back together to Jeffrey's apartment. Mm-hmm. When they get back, he drugs him, he strangles him, and he cuts off his head and wrapped it in plastic, like in a plastic bag and puts it in the freezer. Mm. And then he puts the rest of his body in one of those big 57 gallon barrels that he like carted back to his apartment, which also I never really actually broke down how he does this. So he went to like a hardware store, grabbed a couple of the barrels and literally walked them to like taxis. It's like the fucking mannequin again. Like he just carries giant ridiculous stuff all around town. Yeah. And takes them back to his apartment. Nobody ever like questioned him as to why he was bringing this stuff back. What do you need all those barrels for, sir? Right. So as if cutting off, you know, body parts, storing body parts wasn't enough for Jeffrey. This is where it gets even more morbid and disgusting. So a month later, in July of 1991, he met Oliver Lacey, who is 23 years old. Okay. Brought him back to his apartment. You know, same story. Had a drink with him, fooled around, strangles him. And this time, after like acting on some more necrophilia, he sliced off his right bicep and he ate it. Mm Mm-mm. This makes me freaking really sick to my stomach. Sorry. Like, did he did he cook it or did he just eat it? He just ate it. He just fucking ate it. Okay. So then I have a really bad gag reflexes. So I need you to calm down. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've seen me like almost. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) So he ends up putting his head in the fridge next to a box of arm and hammer baking soda no to try to keep the smell away stop it that's not gonna work and um kept his heart too and puts it in the freezer so he just continues to start this is where he starts putting like body parts in his fridge in his freezer and decides to start actually eating portions of the body because Later on, when he like interviews with some, you know, like reporters, reporters, reporters and and stuff. stuff, Yeah. um, He actually mentions the reason that he does this is because he wanted to become closer to them. Like this was his way to become closer to them. No. Yeah. It's disgusting. So anyways, um, there's so many more victims after this. Like we can go into more and more, but there was a ton so so many more and he starts getting super sloppy very sloppy about it Um, he ends up like getting suspended from his job to the point where he actually ends up getting fired from his job he loses his job he wants to go and i quote drink some fucking beer (laughs) that'll help (laughs) he meets another guy who he brings into the house and this is where he gets super even more sloppy Like the guy also wants to drink. So he goes to go to his refrigerator and opens up the refrigerator door and there was a head. Casual. Yeah. So of course, Dahmer ends up turning on them, kills another victim. Right. So we're going to go to the next, one of the last victims or whatever that ends up being super sloppy, right? So July of 1991, Dahmer ends up meeting Tracy Edwards. So Tracy was 32 years old. Jeffrey picked him up, you know, got him to his place. 
And he even claimed that he remembered like little of this evening. Like Jeffrey remembers little of this evening. Sure. But Edwards won't ever forget this evening, according to Tracy Edwards, because he gets away. He survives. Okay. Yeah. According to Edwards, Jeffrey had pulled out a knife and went from being like super nice to him to being like super cold hearted and started threatening him. So Jeffrey was trying to like change his MO. He wasn't going to drug him. He was like literally going to get to the point. Okay. And Jeffrey even managed to get a handcuff onto one of Tracy's hands. Mm. But Tracy had fought back and he got away. Get it, Tracy. He, he got it. So he ran out and then uh, police officers, they were doing like their nightly patrol. Were they, were they patrolling anything? Or were they just I know, sucking? I know, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, when they reached the corner of 25th Street, they were flagged down by Tracy Edwards mm-hmm. with a handcuff dangling from his wrist. He was hysterical. He had explained to the officers that he had been drinking with a man who had handcuffed him and tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. So the officers, like, they... <laughs> and they were like, well, let's take you back to him. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the officers tried to remove the handcuff from his wrist, but their keys wouldn't fit. Okay. Well, so they escorted him back to the man's apartment. Stop it. <laughs> and the door to the apartment was actually opened by Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, he greets them. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. They did their job and brought the victim back to me. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) And the inside of the apartment was like super neat and clean. And he had acknowledged that, you know, he was responsible for handcuffing him. And he was like, here, I'll take you to my bedroom where I've got the key. No, (laughs) absolutely not. You you go get the key and bring it back. (laughs) And he was like, I just lost my job. So I'm, I'm really sorry about it. I was, you know, I wasn't I was I was in a state (laughs) he's like I wasn't trying to scare him I definitely wasn't trying to kill him or anything so after looking around one of the officers walked over to the fridge and they were like oh okay well let's just check out this nice tidy apartment that's so random too like why would they just go open the fridge I don't know they did so one of the officers actually opened the fridge and said oh my god there's a goddamn head in here yeah he's a sick son of a bitch I mean, people have been trying to tell you this for a long time and you just ignore right. them. So, so out of panic, Jeffrey like tried to fight one of the other cops and yeah. actually tries to cuff them. And the police officers obviously were, there was more of them than Jeffrey. Right. And they were like, so no, sit down. Weasel. Like, <laughs> they were like, here, you little fucker. I'm going <laughs> to bring you down. So they, they actually were able to take him down and took him in. This is where it gets really gruesome. You know, it was one of the worst scenes that police officers have ever seen before. So upon searching the apartment, um, the box of baking soda in the refrigerator obviously did not absorb the smell Mm-mm-mm. of the decomposing severed head. Right. But they Imagine that. Found, yeah. But they also found three more heads in the freezer. How um, big is this? Is it like a deep freeze? I'm, I'm like, how big is this dude's fridge and freezer? I, I, clearly, all he had was body parts. Yeah. So they found three more heads in the freezer. They were stored neatly in plastic bags and tied with plastic twist ties. No. Um, there was a door that led to the bedroom, like, and the bedroom closet and, and bathroom or whatever, like, mm-hmm. were deadbolt locked. So uh, this is so gross. 
so they obviously they opened the deadbolt lock right and the reporter who was the first on the scene described what she saw like in the back of the closet was like a metal stock pot that actually combined like or contained not combined it contained like um several decomposed hands and um, and a penis so on the shelf above this stock pot were two skulls and also the closet contained alcohol chloroform and formaldehyde in some like glass jars which also held male genitalia oh my god there was tons of polaroid pictures taken by him um at various stages of his like victim's deaths Mm. and one even showed a man's head with the flesh still intact lying in a sink okay Another um, picture was, like, one of the victims cut open from, like, the neck to the groin. Oh, man. Kind of like a deer. Oh. Yeah. There was was just so many more. I I don't know. I was going to go somewhere else. I was going to say kind of like a cadaver, but okay. Oh, no. I was thinking of, like, the way they, like. Yeah. Anyways, there was tons of other photos and tons of other stuff that was found. They found the barrels. They found. Did they find the full ass skeleton? Uh, yeah, I mean, they found all of it. They right. found everything that was preserved. I mean, they were they they went up and down that apartment that looked extremely nice and tidy when you walk into it. That nobody would have ever thought that walking into the man's bedroom and beyond was was going to be a disgusting, awful hell. It's insane. So they originally had Dahmer's bail at like one million dollars in cash, but they ended up raising it to. 5 million when eight other murder chargers were up against him. So in the end, Dahmer actually had 15 murder charges against him. So it it was a pretty crazy and gruesome trial when they had to go over multiple yeah. victims and everything that had to had happened. Um, family members that were had missing people had to go through the photos and hope that they so could awful. find their victims. Hmm. It is awful. It's disgusting. He had stated that, you know, this was his way of satisfying his sexual cravings. You know, he wasn't openly gay for people. He didn't want to be openly. I mean, he was openly gay, but he wasn't openly gay to like his family and stuff. Right. Um, he actually wrote an apology to the judge not accepted apology not accepted it was it was crazy like all it it was just the sickening sentence i mean obviously he was found guilty right immediately they had plenty of (laughs) you're like uh, you're so so guilty (laughs) you're so guilty yeah um he was actually sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms which totaled 957 years in prison good good in prison, he actually, this is so crazy. In prison, he actually tried to sue twice for $3 billion. I'm sorry. Did he just turn into Dr. Evil? Like <laughs> what? When I, when I thought about that, when I read about that too, $3 billion, all I could think of was like the little pinky like, up by. Yes. Like, what is that? For, and what are you suing on what grounds, sir? What are you suing for? Just for stupid stuff. So like. <laughs> Um, he tried to sue 
because he was a model prisoner, but he tried to sue and convince the prison authorities to like allow him to contact more, to have more contact with other inmates um, and be able to eat in like other areas and stuff, but they weren't letting him, you know? So yeah, they, you're he a tried fucking to, monster. So he tried Nobody to, wants to be around you. Right. So he tried to sue and say that he was like living in un, like unlivable conditions and stuff. Oh. I'm sorry. You know what? You're still living. Unlike all your victims, you sick son of a bitch. So shut the fuck up. Right. So do you, do you um, not have a cell with a bed and whatever that shut up, shut up. So he actually didn't serve very long in prison either. I mean, everybody knows this, but right. he, he didn't get a very long prison sentence because, um, the morning of November 28th, 1994, he was working like bathroom cleanup and two men had come in one that was sentenced for like murdering his wife and tried blaming it on another man and another man that was like a schizophrenic did he murder someone why was he there well yeah i mean yeah okay i was like (laughs) was he just there because he was a schizophrenic because that's not cool (laughs) well they had both of these men so one was a white man but the other the schizophrenic was a black man and um they thought that or the schizophrenic thought he was like a son of god oh okay um he was actually in prison for first degree murder too but anyways they had found out why Dahmer was there and you know Dahmer's main um victim was was which i never really it because i try not to sound i don't know i don't know how to explain it but anyways okay (laughs) so most of his victims were young black men yes most of his victims were young black men so and most prisoners don't like even if they're murderers they don't like murderers that come in that murder young people well murder children at that point exactly they had heard of his victims being as young as you know 13 14 right and they caught wind of this so they met him in the bathroom when he was cleaning it up and unfortunately 20 minutes after they had started or 20 minutes after you know he was cleaning a prison guard went to go and check on them and found Dahmer lying face down in a pool of his blood. His head had been bashed in. So because of what he had done, right. these, these two men weren't having it. They were like, okay, well, we're already going to be here. So right. no, this, this guy, guy is fucked. Like, fuck him for sure. Upon arriving at the hospital, he was pronounced dead. The guys that did this, their names were Jesse Anderson. So Jesse was the white man. He had murdered, murdered his wife and he had blamed it on a black man oh geez and christopher scarver he was the black delusional like schizophrenic okay who um thought he was the son of god so jesse anderson actually died shortly after um from having his head bashed in too against the floor so it looked like it was both of them were struggling and they compared the injuries and it looked like the one that ended up doing it was the schizophrenic He's the one so, that killed Dahmer and yes. So okay. Scarver ends up admitting to both the murders because all three of them were on the bathroom duty, which is why they were all three in oh, there. Right. He said that Jesse did help 
kill Dahmer, but um, Scarver claimed that God had told him to do it. So he actually ends up receiving another life sentence for those actions. Which like, he was already there. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing that I didn't even know until I looked it up. Okay. So Jeff- Jeffrey was cremated. So okay. he ended up being cremated. And even though his parents were divorced, each of them received half of his remains. No. They actually battled in court over his ashes. Really? I didn't know that until digging into this case. Um, yes. So they both got a portion wow. of his of his ashes, I don't know how I feel really, about that. I don't I don't feel good about that at all. I'll tell you right now that I thought it was it was super crazy because his father like at the end of like everything that was going on his father like did not want anything to do with him right and his mother wasn't even really in the picture at all like she had medical issues but she was also like they described her as a crazy woman Mm -hmm. so it was really crazy to hear and weird that they even fought over his ashes but they did and um what did come out of the apartment complex from Jeffrey Elmer's because it was so like mortifying and everything right um so everyone was a evic- well they weren't evicted they were asked to move somewhere else they all moved. they were like else. this all is a crime scene and yes we need you to relocate please so they did and they actually burned down the apartment complex burned it to the ground they did it it was just an awful scene and this was their way of like you know can you i mean place. can you imagine how fucking haunted that place would be oh yeah it's I honestly, I feel like it would probably be worse than the, um, oh, what is it? I don't know. What is that? What is that haunted movie that? That haunted movie? I need more than that. I know. The haunted movie. The Conjuring. The Conjuring House. Sorry. Oh, okay. I don't know why I couldn't fucking think of what it was. I was like about to start guessing. I was like Amityville, um, 13 Ghosts. Like. So the conjuring house is still standing like where right. it's, like it's based off of, you know, and people right. are allowed to go and stay there and it's super haunted and everything. I, I would imagine that this, this would be like that. I mean, there's like a Probably lot worse. of victims, a lot of victims. There was, um, like, I'm sure he got charged with 15. I'm sure there was more than 15. There was technically, he claimed 17, mm. 17 total victims. But he was tried for 15 because 15 was what was found in the apartment building. Right. Because Plus remember, all his victims weren't even first, just in that apartment. Right. 15 were what were found. There was tons more. Right. I mean, they they want to say, in fact, like it's argued that he could have hundreds at this point. You know, yeah. he just had so many. And it, it was in such small amounts of time. Like he would kill one victim and then, you know, a week later he was killing another victim. Right. But yeah. There were 17 known that he had actually claimed um, because remember the first two victims were actually when he was younger and right. he smashed the bones up and put them like in the woods. Right. Mm. But yeah, um, I know, I know there's more to the case. Like I said, there's so much more, but I, when doing this case, I did my best to hit all of the high points and the main parts of this of this serial killer but he was just an all-around awful human being yeah um mm. i can't imagine the victims that had to actually 
or the victim's families, I guess I should say. I know, that's awful. That's the worst. The victim's family that, that actually had to go and, and look at some of the, the photographs just to I identify imagine. some of these these kids and because some of them were kids. Right. But yeah. Fucking that is Dahmer. that is the Jeffrey Dahmer case. Fucking weasel. Yeah. Mm. Well, all right. All um, right. So follow us on all the stuff. Follow us. Like us. Mm-hmm. Rate review. <laughs> I'd say rate I was gonna say rate review. We we had one that was <laughs> We had one that Crystal was really upset about. It's I fine. <laughs> I, I wasn't just because I'm more of the bitch out of the sisterly relationship that we've got. That's true. But, I mean, it is what it is. I'm, I understand everybody has different tastes and people like different you, sorts of things. You, I was going to say, you hit your target our audience. Everybody has has a preference on podcasts, especially how you like portray your podcast. I, I personally think that the, the reason I love and enjoy talking about true crime, I mean, we've, we both love and enjoy talking about true crime. It's not because we try to like downplay the victims or downplay like the scenario or anything, oh. but yeah, we do have, we do have some banter in there and it's kind of our way to like make light of the situation because we know that this world is a shitty world that we right. live in. By all means, we're not trying to laugh about or make any person feel uncomfortable about the victims or their families or anything. We respect each and every one of them. Right. Um, Just humor is our kind of way of dealing with the awful stuff and trying to get past it being so awful. It's not that, that we're making fun of any of the story, like any of the cases or anything that we're, we're putting out there. We're actually making fun of each other more in a sense because we can't talk and we're awkward. <laughs> That's true. That really is true. It is. Oh yeah. We like, we like you guys to review. So be honest, of course, but Crystal is very soft hearted. So I'm very sensitive. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Any she reminds me of, um, she reminds me of like, you know, the movie Finding Nemo and the little, uh, the octopus that inks himself or the squid that inks himself. I was like, where's this going? It's like, oh no, you made me ink. Inking everywhere, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. But anyways, rate, review, follow our stuff, um, all the good stuff. But yeah. Let's okay. Be let's, let's be awkward. Okay, bye. Okay, okay, bye.